Blackbooks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. We're part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to podcast after a Nuggets win, a blowout win over the San Antonio Spurs final score, 126-101. It wasn't even really that close. Honestly, the Nuggets had this wrapped up. I think the lead got to as high as 29 or 30 or 31, one of those two. And Denver, they just, they had a great time in this game. There is no other way to describe this game than a party on the court. The Nuggets knew that they were better. They played like they were better. And boy, did Bones Highland act like he was better. It was, it was awesome. It was so funny. Uh, on this podcast, we will recap the San Antonio Spurs game, starting with the starters. Second segment, we'll go with the bench. Third segment, I am going to recant some statements about Nicola, as well as just talk about why this season is has got to be more fun for me personally, and I've, I've got to treat it like that. But for now, let's get into this game. 126-101, the Nuggets got off to a blazing start at the beginning. They were just rolling throughout, and the shooting that was on display from this team was amazing. But it started from the post. And it wasn't Nikola Jokic who was in the post. It was Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray was very good in this game. Only 13 points, but I think that underscores just how in control he was. Sometimes it, it looked like he wasn't like, like fully up to speed. But there were like most of the times he was in full control and had complete control of the pace of the game. And it started from the opening tip. Because when he was out there, when he was posting up Trey Jones, he was able to read the floor really well. Began it with a bucket, then got double teamed, dumped it off to Aaron Gordon on the baseline. I think he kicked it out for uh, a Jokic pass or maybe somebody else. But then he had a three. It was just, it was his best start. Undoubtedly, his best start of the season had seven points and two assists in like four and a half minutes. And he was in complete control. And the Nuggets, though their defense hadn't like been great in that first little stretch, you could tell that this was going to be a great offensive game. Everybody was in their bag. Jokic was in his bag. Murray was in his bag. Even Porter. Like, Porter, I mean, obviously nobody's going to be surprised anymore when he shoots three of six from three. But some of the shots that he just continues to make are hilarious because when he shoots them, you know he's going to do it. There was one transition three that he had tonight when going up against Doug McDermott where you know he's going to shoot it in his face. And whatever the Spurs did today against the Nuggets, especially against the starting lineup, it didn't matter. Jokic is plus minus plus 20. Porters was plus 27. He was good with both the starters and the bench. Murray plus 17. KCP plus 16. AG plus 15. Everybody had it going today. Everybody hit a three outside of Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown and DeAndre Jordan. Actually, Christian Brown didn't hit one either. But it was great. It was great to see after Denver's offense had had some good moments over the course of the first eight games. I feel like this was their full breakout moment in terms of showing and telling everybody, yeah, this offense is going to be absolutely legit. And it was, and it it clearly is. 
And it happened because Jokic and Murray, especially, were just so in control. They were in their bag. Everything they ran today, whether it was pick and roll, whether it was two-man game give-and-goes, whether it was isolations, post-ups, spotting up, coming off of screens, everything they had worked. And it's one of those games that reminds you, and it reminds me especially, with this starting group, that the potential is still sky high. It was always going to take a little bit of time. Like Murray had to get his legs back under him. It's clear he has his legs under him now. Like nine assists, one turnover, 13 points, six of 10 from the field. In just 23 minutes, he was fantastic. Honestly, this was a really, really good Murray game. Kind of disguised by just how great everybody else was too. It was great. Nikola Jokic, got to give him credit where credit is due. He only had like three or four or five shot attempts in the first half. But I watched. I, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't like doing, like I was trying to be as unbiased and realistic as possible on this. Every play that he made was good. Every play that he made, there was like one pass out of a of a post-up that he probably should have gone up with, but it's just trying to create an open shot for somebody else. It is what it is. But he was effective. He was efficient. He was surgical. And he was flashy, too. It was, it was actually funny to see. As the Nuggets started to get going, especially in that third quarter, man, did they put on a show. It was awesome. One of the passes that Jokic threw, I know it's been going around on Twitter, but I had a great angle on that pass, um, sitting from kind of like over Jokic's right shoulder, basically. I was basically in line from Jokic to Porter, seeing just how that pass got through there. And it's unbelievable to see. It's, it was a absolute laser beam. Michael Porter deserves a lot of credit for catching that pass and for believing that Jokic could throw it. And he finished the play, which converts the highlight. Very strong performance from Michael Porter on that particular play. Very nice. And Jokic, 21 points on 9 of 10 from the field, hit his only three, and it was a three that he had to take. He was required to take it because Gorgie Jang was sacking under the screen that I think either KCP or, or Bruce Brown was setting for him, and Gorgie Jang was in the paint, and Jokic was out there just like he was going to run some offense, but... If you leave him a, a complete landmass full of space, he's got to shoot the ball. And he hit it. Uh, credit to him. But 21 points, 10 assists, did have four turnovers, but it is what it is. Six rebounds. Uh, the team rebounded well as a group. San Antonio only grabbed six offensive rebounds, so it's not like Jokic was underperforming on that end by any stretch. It's just those... Rebounds happen to go to Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon and uh, DeAndre Jordan and Bones. But I thought that Jokic played an excellent game. He was quarterbacking everything, clearly in control. And the way that he and Murray went back and forth with each other, where the, the ball was kind of yo-yoing back and forth between the two of them, it was very reminiscent of the bubble. Very reminiscent of, hey, If they had to go back out there for a fourth quarter, then Jokic is probably up to 30 points and 15 assists. Murray's probably up to 20 and 12. It was clinical. 
And you knew that they had to be like this. They had no excuse. Coming home, you had to defend the home court. San Antonio, third game in four nights. Michael Malone made mention of it. Jokic made mention of it that, hey, they're probably tired in this game. They think that they're going to give, they're going to get a better effort from the Spurs in a couple of days in San Antonio when Denver plays them again. But credit to Denver and credit to Jokic and Murray, Porter, Gordon, KCP for setting the tone. None of those guys shot below 60% from the field tonight. It was an absolute treat. Porter shot 60%, Murray shot 60%, Gordon shot 67%, KCP shot 83%, 5 of 6, 2 of 3 from 3, 4 steals for KCP. Deserves a lot of credit for his defense. I think that it's so noticeable when teams are running, um, when they're running actions like they were for Keldon Johnson and Josh Richardson and Devin Vassell, where those guys are trying to get the ball, but they don't create. They're not playmakers for other people. So they have to come get the ball. And KCP was just playing great ball denial defense for much of this game. There's a reason why he got four steals. And Denver's defense overall looked much better. It was much more stable. They allowed 27 points in the first quarter, a little bit high, then 24 in the second, 25 in the third, 25 in the fourth. It was very stable. It was a strong offensive performance in three of the quarters and a fine offensive performance in the fourth quarter where things kind of devolved into uh what was an absolute circus, and it was amazing to be there. But I thought the starters, as a unit, played an extremely good game of basketball. Keldon Johnson's a good player. Jakob Pertl's a good player. Trey Jones is young. Malachi Branham, Jeremy Sohan, they're rookies. But uh, Josh Richardson, Devin Vassell did play a lot too, so it's not like they were purely young players. But Denver came out and they they set the tone tonight in a way that I've wanted them to do. And there were times where, okay, you're you're a little bit shaky, a little bit shaky to start the third quarter. Michael Malone calls a timeout. And then they come out and they absolutely blitz San Antonio once again, push that lead right back up to about 21. It was a very impressive game. Denver deserves a lot of credit for the way that they approach this. Aaron Gordon had a nice game. KCP had a nice game. MPJ had a nice game. Nine rebounds for MPJ. 15 points, 6 of 10, 3 of 6 from 3. Very nice. Like I mentioned, plus 27. Denver did have some turnovers that they probably still have to clean up. Like Jeff Green had four turnovers. Uh, Jokic still had four. Porter had two. Whatever. But like, it's fine. You can take some turnovers, especially if you make 15 threes. Denver had only attempted 10 threes total in the first half. I think there were 5 of 10 from 3, which means they were 10 of 19 from 3 in the second half. And with the way that Bones was shooting the ball, good God, uh, some of those shots were tough. And we'll we'll get to that here in the second segment. So uh, overall, a great night for the starters. They deserve a lot of credit, as I've mentioned. I want to give them their flowers. You don't necessarily, like this is a spot that the previous teams in Denver would have let go of the rope. They would have absolutely said, all right, we can we can mess around here. 
Denver didn't really do that. They played a great brand of basketball, and they were absolutely in their bag in the third quarter as a result. Jokic is whipping passes. Murray was whipping passes. Uh, Borders pulling up from three. KCP doing his thing. AG doing his thing. It was great. It was absolutely great to watch. All right, when we come back, we are going to discuss the bench and the return of Mile High City, baby. We'll be right back. tuning in. I want to tell you a little bit about Superbook Sports because football is back and Superbook is bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands as a result. And now they'll match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if that bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium or in the arena to enjoy football or basketball this fall. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, back at it. Pick, action, roll. Let's talk about the bench unit. And honestly, you got, you got to talk about Bones. Like, there's no other player that you can talk about. Because Bones, like, he didn't try to make it all about himself. That wasn't really what he was going for, I know. But it was all about Bones tonight. It was all about, especially with that bench unit, Bones was putting on an absolute show. And I kept turning over to Matt Moore, who was sitting next to me, and thinking and saying to him, and Bones is going to get punched in the face. Like, somebody is going to hit this man because of how much he was kind of hot-dogging and showboating it. And it was awesome. Like, like as a, as a Nuggets like supporter here, I love it. I talked to Bones and spoke to him after uh, in the post game, and he's just very likable, just a very likable person. And so the crowd is clearly latched onto him, and Bones is latched onto the crowd. He wants to play to the crowd. He is a showman in his great heart of hearts. And tonight, he really proved it, because the way that he was playing Uh, 24 points in 25 minutes, 9 of 17 from the field, 6 of 8 from 3, 7 assists, 5 rebounds, and 2 steals. Had just one turnover, which I thought was very impressive. Uh, Was a plus 8 in his minutes. The bench won their minutes tonight, which was great to see. In my mind, Bones is taking a step. He's taking a step to become a new player. Now, how good he is when he when it's all said and done, I'm not really sure. But he's clearly growing into the player that the Nuggets wanted him to be, which was taking control of the second unit. And he absolutely took control in a lot of great ways tonight. Hit the shots when they needed to, but also dished out the seven assists, ran the fast break, created good looks for himself and others. There were some times where he might, he might have gone a little bit too far in terms of I think his isolation at the end of the third quarter. Holy cow. Like the dude sometimes when when he gets on a roll, he is smelling blood like a shark and is just circling, trying to kill. And it's a lot of fun. And he talked about a postgame actually and said, 
I don't necessarily do it for like antagonizing the the opposing team. He likes to do it for the fans. And so I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in the third segment about why that matters and why it should be fun and, and how basketball is supposed to be. But with Bones, the deep threes, the step back threes, the uh, crazy layups that he's prone to do all the time, it's like he is trying to put on a show in the best way, does so. The fake behind the back that he had in the uh, on the fast break that he then whipped over to Bruce Brown for kind of that half layup dunk, that was crazy. But I thought the even crazier move was the assist that he dropped off to DeAndre Jordan, where he comes off of the screen uh, with the pick and roll and just kind of like does an and one mixtape move, circling around DeAndre Jordan's pick, trying to create some space trying to draw defenders. He does draw them, drives to the rim, and then wraps around a pass to DeAndre Jordan, which he puts in for a dunk. It's incredible sometimes to watch what Bones can do with the basketball. He is a magician out there in the best way possible. Sometimes he will go a little bit too hard, and we've seen that side of it for sure. But when Bones has it going, there is nobody more fun on this Nuggets team. And I'm even talking Murray, Jokic, Porter, whoever. When Bones has it going, he is yelling to the crowd. He's got a big smile on his face. He's hitting threes in front of the San Antonio bench and staring daggers down into all of them. They're not saying a word to him because they can't. It was just awesome to watch. I do think that he's got to tone it down versus some other teams. Like a team full of veterans that have real serious playoff or championship aspirations, they're going to send a message to him physically, if that's the case. They're going to try to set hard screens. They're going to try to knock him down. I think at the end of the third quarter, he was on his ass, like like with his heels up in the air for whatever reason. I'm not sure how it happened, but it wouldn't surprise me if in that particular collision, after he had been playing the way that he was playing, Somebody with the Spurs uh, just just decided to give him a love tap or, or whatnot. It didn't matter to Bones, though, because he went back out there and just killed. It was awesome. Bruce Brown uh, didn't make his threes tonight. I, I do think that he has such a good floater that it looks so pretty when it actually goes up. It doesn't go in all the time. And I think that one of the things that when he falls in love with the floater a little bit too much, it can be a bad thing because there are some shots that he can that he can make when he drives to the rim, when he tries to lay it up on either side or finish through contact. Sometimes he'll try to avoid contact intentionally, and it's it's clearly a move that he has picked up over the course of the last couple of years with Brooklyn, but he'll stop short for kind of a mid-range floater. And he's making it at a reasonable rate, but sometimes he doesn't. Either way, though, like, this wasn't a big issue. Like, he was 3 of 9, but was a plus 17 in 20 minutes because everything was working. Playing good defense, running in transition, doing his best to uh, make the right play every single time. That's what you want. He was unselfish. He shared the ball. That's great. 
Michael Porter, as I mentioned, staggered with that second unit. I still don't think he gets enough shots within the flow of the offense when it comes to that second unit. They're still trying to to figure some things out. Bones had it going, so sometimes when Bones has it going, Porter doesn't really touch the ball that much. Uh, I think that that's going to probably balance out at some point, but they're going to have to start calling a couple more plays for Porter where he gets into an isolation or he gets into kind of a DHO option where he comes off of a screen and can just rise and fire. Like there are definitely some things that he can do and there's definitely some things he can do under the basket if he gets a switch because a lot of the guys that defend him when Jeff Green's out there and DeAndre Jordan's out there, a lot of times he's got a small forward on him that's pretty small. So if that's the case, Denver should try to make use of his size, find him for baskets underneath the rim. He's good at that. Jeff Green tonight, four of eight from the field, one of two from three, did have four turnovers. And I I remember one of them uh, basically just kind of running the floor in transition, trying to uh, cram home a dunk or draw a foul in the process. Kind of loses the ball out of bounds. It is what it is. Uh, But overall, I thought he played pretty well. Thought he was giving very good effort on the defensive end. Grabbed a couple offensive rebounds. Uh, grabbed two defensive rebounds, one of two from three, nine points plus 10. Very typical Jeff Green kind of night. And then DeAndre Jordan, um, 10 points, five of six from the field. The one miss that he had stands out more than the makes in some ways, but he did have a lob that he finished from Bones. Bones threw a very accurate lob pass that DeAndre Jordan just had to kind of push over the rim in order to uh, dunk the basketball, which is great. But in 17 minutes, he had eight rebounds, which is great. It was a plus five in his minutes. That is exactly what you want to see. You want to see DeAndre Jordan win his minutes. Because when he wins his minutes, it's going to be very hard for the Nuggets to lose. I, I feel very strongly about that. That if he wins his minutes, Denver's going to be fine. Because their starters are so good. So, very good stuff. Uh, and then finally, Christian Brown didn't really play that much, but he did get in in each of the. He got in in the second, and then I think he got in the fourth, if I'm not mistaken. And he was fine; nothing really special there, but had a layup, uh, had an assist, a part of things, not necessarily a part of the best things, but he was on the floor for some bad runs, not necessarily his fault, but missed an open three, uh, actually missed a. Second open three that I guess they called a long two, but either way, he is going to be in a position where he's probably the odd man out in a lot of different ways because if Porter is going to play with that second unit, I think that you've got Bones Highland, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan. I think those guys are mostly penciled in. And for some small ball teams, you're probably going to play Zeke Nagy instead. But Christian Brown, like he will still factor in. There's no doubt about that. He's just clearly the 10th man in the rotation right now, which is fine. Overall, like really good win. Bench, very bone-centric as it most likely is going to stay. As long as DeAndre Jordan continues to set good screens and Bones continues to play with the same passion and energy, but also the surgical nature of which he did it, where he took advantage of every opportunity that he had, 
then he's going to be great. And he's going to help lead this bench unit to a much better rating than they had for much of last season. That's all they really need. Just make it like minus two or net neutral. And then the starters are going to take care of the rest on basically every night. So looking forward to that. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about basketball and why it should just be fun and less about what I tried to do on Thursday night. We'll be right back. Back at a pickaxe and roll, Ryan Blackman here, final segment. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Obviously, late night for this uh, very late Saturday, early Sunday morning podcast, and I'm going to get this up as soon as I possibly can, and hopefully everybody gets to enjoy it uh, at some point on Football Sunday. Uh, I want to uh, circle back to something that I had said on the previous podcast. I talked about Jokic. I talked about my beliefs and my points and kind of sharing my perspective. I did try to walk some stuff back in that podcast from what I had initially said on Twitter. I got a lot of pushback. I got I got a lot of pushback. I got pushback at the game tonight from some media members. Like it it was it was a, a strong disagreement to my personal take. And so I had to do some soul searching and I did some tonight, especially while watching a nice, fun blowout win, it's pretty easy to raise the vibes a little bit. And you got to circle back. You got to realize 2-0 in November. I talked about November being a tough month. They've started it off great. The vibes are great. We spoke to Jokic postgame. He's still not super upbeat. Uh, clearly not necessarily like he's he's not grinning from ear to ear a lot of the time in these uh, post-game pressers anymore. But he's going to power through, just as we all are. And watching Bones tonight in general, it just makes some incredible plays, get the crowd involved, have fun. He talked about how he wants to have fun out there on the court. It's not necessarily to the detriment of others. It's just trying to uplift him and anybody that he's uh, connected to. He talked about passing. Uh, an assist makes two people happy. A basket makes one person happy. He said that tonight. I know that's a Jokicism, and that went around on the interwebs tonight. That was pretty funny. But he, and also, by the way, I believe that only in part uh, about the antagonization of the other team, because he doesn't say he likes to showboat, but he did also turn around and stare at them every single time, which was Really, really funny when he was in the left corner. And he was in the left corner a lot tonight, which was hilarious. But it kind of got me thinking, all this kind of got me thinking about where the Nuggets currently are at. It's game nine. They're six and three. They're on pace for a 54 and 28 or 55 and 20 win and 27 win season. 54 to 55 wins. That's where they currently sit. If they just win at the same rate that they have. Now their schedule will toughen up and they'll have to go through some ups and downs at various points. Maybe Jokic will miss or Murray or Porter will miss some prolonged amount of time. And maybe they'll go through some rough spots here or there. But they're also going to have spots where it's like tonight. Where they're going to play like, they're, like they've got 
an absolute thing to prove about just how good they can be. And so they're 6-3. and three. They're one game out of first in the West. It's still just so early. You see Utah up there. Portland is still up there. There's a lot of teams that aren't where they're going to finish. They're not going to be where they will end up being. And Denver may be one of those teams. I think Denver's currently in fifth, but they're one game out of first in the West. They absolutely could go on a run at any point. I spent a lot of time talking to Matt about my feelings on Jokic, uh, where he's at with Jokic, where I'm at with Jokic, and, and where Joker kind of stands in terms of how aggressive should he be, things like that. But watching him tonight, listening to him post-game tonight, I'm going to step back on that because he's clearly in control. He clearly, like, this is very much uh, where he's he's in tangible control, where he is being, gosh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, He's dictating, he's doing whatever, like, it's intentional what he is doing. Whether it's not taking as many shots, whether it's uh, trying to get others involved, whether he's trying to rest a little bit and then we'll crank it up in January. I don't know. I haven't asked him those things outright. He probably won't. Like, there are just some things that he's never going to say. But tonight he took 10 shots and I felt that they were great. I felt that it was perfectly reasonable. Last game he took nine shots and I didn't think it was great. Thought that there were definitely some opportunities he left on the table. I didn't feel that way tonight. And maybe it's just me. Maybe because I, I was very clearly on my own, on an island on my own. And that's fine. Like, I'm okay being on an island on that. But it got me thinking that, hey, if, if everybody else is telling me I'm crazy, then maybe I am the one that's actually crazy on this. So I am going to take a step back. I'm going to enjoy. I am going to talk about this from a big picture perspective. I kind of want, and by the way, I kind of wanted him to score almost to prove a point that he can do it, that he is capable of doing it on any given night, and that teams should treat him like that, and they should attach themselves to him, which will then create open opportunities for other people. I feel like it's a cycle. I feel like he kind of balances that cycle a little bit. And then maybe he's like he's more pass happy right now, and maybe that's going to open him up to average 30 points per game in a month. I don't know. But we're gonna see. Like this will this will evolve. He's not gonna just shoot 10 times per game for the entire season, unless they're awesome offensively, even with it. Let's take a step back. Let's take a look at net ratings right now. Currently, the Nuggets have a better net rating. Like they are. I think 12th in the NBA in net rating on NBA.com. That includes garbage time. They are fifth in offensive rating on cleaning the glass, which factors out garbage time. So like whenever everybody's trying, whenever everybody's like really got their stuff going in the right direction, Denver has the fifth best offensive rating. That number is going to go up. It's pretty clear to me. But right now, Denver's got a better net rating. Then Minnesota, Philly, Memphis, Brooklyn, Miami, the Clippers, Golden State, and the Lakers. 
I include the Lakers there not because people thought that they would be better than Denver, but because it's fun. Philly, the Clippers, and the Warriors were all considered title contenders. They are all still considered title contenders. I don't think anybody's really changed their mind on those teams just yet. But those teams are ones where everybody believes that they can be title contenders. And yet they have it worse right now than where the Nuggets are at. There are some also some good teams that are above Denver, but there are also some teams that are definitely going to fall off a little bit, like Portland, like Utah. I think Toronto will probably slide. I think Dallas will probably slide as Luka gets a little bit more tired. But it's going to be fascinating to think about where Denver ultimately ends up. The point being is that we are about 11% of the way through the season. And I overreacted. I'm, I'm very clear to try to be self-aware on some of these things. I overreacted. And it's just so early. And there are definitely some things that if Jokic was doing like the passive thing in January, when Denver needs him to score a little bit more, then I'd be a little bit concerned. I'd be more concerned than I am now, that's for sure. But right now, if you're going to win, if you're going to beat teams by 25, if you're going to beat teams by double digits on the road like they did to OKC on Thursday, then who am I to judge? Who am I to declare that this is the wrong way to do things? I don't know. I, I just don't know. So my hope is that because it's early and because things are just we're trying to figure out just how how each of these teams are going to respond to the season so far. The most important thing is that teams don't have to be great right now. They have to be great later. If you're going to win a title, you do not want to be playing your best right now. You want to be having fun. You want to be connecting. You want to be building chemistry. You want to uh, start building some championship habits, but honestly, like I was talking to Matt, he thinks that those don't start in October or November. You really got to start buckling down on those in December and January and February, and then kind of taper off in March and April. I believe him. I He's done this enough, and I, I respect his opinion that I think I probably need to learn something here. So I'm going to try to learn. The most important thing, is that I wasn't really having fun covering the team so far this year. Just very focused on the details, very focused on, oh man, they're not playing up to my specifications. Oh gosh, like I was hoping that this team would win 62 games and instead they're going to win 58. Crap. In my mind, that's bad. That's, that's just after kind of reflecting on it a little bit, that's a bad way to look. The most important thing is just to enjoy the ride. This team is going to have their ups and downs, but the ups are going to be so fun. Kind of like tonight, where the ups, it's just a random game against the Spurs, but the team put on an absolute show. They put on a clinic out there, and there's more where that came from. They're going to be able to do that more consistently. There's no doubt. It's just about building not necessarily getting too tied down on the details, and then focus on the details maybe starting in the new year, January 1st, or actually Christmas, 
the game against the Phoenix Suns, their details should be good by that game. If they're not, then we can talk about it. Until then, though, I'm going to try to enjoy the season just a little bit more than I had. Going to try to stay committed to that through the rest of this month at least. And they're going to go on the road. Uh, they're cruising at home. They're 4-0 at home. Only, what was it, 2-3 and three on the road. So we will see whether they can kind of improve upon that. But as I've been tracking, they are now plus 2 in the road wins minus home losses. Here's to them being plus 6. How cool would that be? That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy Daylight Savings Time as you get this podcast one hour earlier than you probably would. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support. As always, I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you.